evil in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the way of Jeroboam, and in his sin, which he made Israel sin. Now the word of the Lord came to Jehu, the son of Hanani, against Basha, saying, Inasmuch as I exalted you from the dust, and made you leader over my people Israel, and you have walked in the way of Jeroboam, and made my people Israel sin, provoking me to anger with their sins, behold, I will consume Basha and his house, and I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Anyone of Basha who dies in the city, the dog shall eat, and anyone of his who dies in the, in the field, the birds of the heavens will eat. Now the rest of the acts of Basha and what he did and his might, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Basha slept with his fathers and was buried at, in Tirzah, and Elah his son became king in his place. Moreover, the word of the Lord, through the prophet Jehu, the son of Hanani, also came against Basha and his household, both because of all the evil which he did in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger with the work of his hands, in being like the house of Jeroboam, and because, and because he struck it. Okay. Basha reigns 24 years. That's the third longest reign of any king in the north. You know, it doesn't seem like that long, but they uh, had short lifespans up there. And uh, so he uh, is king in Terza. That was the capital city at this point. And uh, how was his reign? You know, these reign summaries for the kings of Israel are boring. You know, because sinners just repeat the same old sins. You know, sin's not very creative very repetitious and uh, they just, they, just keep, they keep following the golden calves of Jeroboam you know, same old same old and uh, so that's not good and what prophet speaks against him Jehu, Jehu the son of Hanani who was the prophet that uh, Asa had in prison and what does God say to Basha Remember what you did to Jeroboam? <laughs> yeah. It's coming your way now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, the prophets pretty much have the same message of God for the same sins. Have you noticed? And it's not a message that you would enjoy unless you're a dog or a buzzard. <laughs> you know, because it says that uh, you know he's going to destroy the whole family of Basha and the dogs and the birds will eat them. So, uh, just kind of a sad uh, end to this family. There's not going to be a fine state burial or anything like that. Um, it's interesting, though, that in verse 7, this word of Jehu was against Basha, both because of the, all the evil, which he did in the sight of the Lord, provoked him to anger with the work of his hands and being like the house of Jeroboam, and because he struck it. Now, I can understand why God was judging Basha because he did the evil that he did. But I thought God wanted Basha to wipe out the family of Jeroboam. Why would God, um, you know, speak against and, 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 and judge Basha for that? Half 
happened before, or well, actually, I guess technically it hasn't happened yet, but it will, <laughs> or something. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Just that you know, God will raise up a power, use it to destroy someone, and then raise up another power to destroy that one. And part of it is because of the perhaps the way in which they've. What was wrong with the way that Basha did it? Conspired. Mm, maybe. Apparently, he wasn't carrying out the punishment for the Lord. He was carrying out his own punishment. Exactly. If he had, you know, lived right and reigned right, then I think he would have been honored for obeying the word of the Lord in that, or at least certainly not condemned for that. But the fact is, you know, he did not do that as a part of God's mission. If he, he didn't care about what God said. He clearly showed that in his whole reign. So for him, it was just murder. You know, that's all it meant to him. Because, you know, he's showing that he doesn't have any regard for the word of the Lord. He coincidentally fulfilled what the Lord said, but not because he was choosing to do that. His motive was otherwise. And, and you know, his perpetuating Jeroboam's sin shows that wrong motivation. If he was wiping out Jeroboam's family because of their sins, why would he commit the same ones? You know, so clearly that's not why he's doing it. There's a similar situation in Hosea 1 uh, where he talks about how he was going to punish the family of Jehu for the bloodshed of Jezreel. But Jehu actually was supposed to wipe out the family of Ahab in all of its different forms and manifestations. But Jehu didn't do it for that reason. He said he did. In fact, he told Jonah and Dad, come back here in the chair and I'm going to show you my zeal for the Lord. But, but when, when your zeal for the Lord is only in murdering all the people you think are threats to your kingdom, and your zeal for the Lord doesn't extend to anything you're personally doing, you have reason to question whether it's really zeal for the Lord or not, or whether or not it's a personal thing that the Lord's will just happens to coincide with, or you may even be using that. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, getting mad at somebody and you're going to be really zealous for the Lord and, and press to withdraw from them. But you don't press that, you know, you, 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 you don't even live right yourself. I mean, you know, it's like, so why were you so concerned about withdrawing from them? Well, I wanted the Lord's will to be fulfilled. Well, if you did, why weren't you living it? You know, sometimes people use the Lord's will because they've got an axe to grind, not because they're really committed to the will of the Lord. And you can tell it because the rest of their life isn't like that. You know, some, some people just like to be a big shot. And so they, they, you know, love to tell somebody they're wrong because they want to stand up for the Lord's will. But they don't want anything else unless they get to tell somebody they're wrong. Well, my guess is they're not even telling them they're wrong because of what God says if they're not following out what God says and anything else. So I think that's an interesting principle that you really need to be consistent in applying the will of the God in your life, or it's going to look pretty suspicious that you were really that concerned about the will of the Lord and this thing you already wanted to do. You get all that. Comments and thoughts? Would he have even known that this was what God wanted done? Because did anybody actually say he had to be the one to do it? Yeah, he may not even have been aware. Yeah, I think he just went and killed them and didn't even know that God wanted this done in the first place. Possible, I think. Because I don't think that Jeroboam was going to go announcing that he should be killed 
<laughs> Word came back to him. Somebody killed me in my family. <laughs> you might be right about that one. So I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't necessarily. I don't know. Other uh, observations or thoughts? All right. Uh, how about eight to fourteen? In the 26th year of Asa king of Judah, Elah the son of Basha became king over Israel at Tirzah and reigned two years. His servant Zimri, commander of half his chariots, conspired against him. Now he was at Tirzah drinking himself drunk in the house of Arza, who was over the household at Tirzah. Then Zimri went in and struck him and put him to death in the 27th year of Asa king of Judah and became king in his place. It came about when he became king, as soon as he sat on his throne, that he killed all the household of Basha. He did not leave a single male, neither of his relatives nor of his friends. Thus Zimri destroyed all the house of Basha, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke against Basha through Jehu the prophet. For all the sins of Basha, and the sins of Elah his son, which they sinned, and which they made Israel sin, provoking the Lord God of Israel to anger with their idols. Now the rest of the acts of Elah and all that he did are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. So when Basha dies, who reigns? His son, Elah. His son, Elah. Uh, for how long? Two years, short lifespan. What happened? The commander of half of his chariots killed him. Yeah, uh, conspired against him and killed him. That's Zimri. What was Terza do, doing? I mean, what was uh, what was Nadab doing? Elah drinking. Who? No, Elah. <laughs> try that again. What was Elah doing? Yeah, he was drinking. You know, he wasn't like Nadab, who at least was killed during a military campaign, not a drinking binge. You know, what do you think about that? What a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> go down in history. Yeah, exactly. You know, people say, Elo, yeah, I remember him. He could really party. You know, that makes a great king. You know, he has a great time at the, uh, you know, pub. Uh, so he was, he was drinking himself drunk. And uh, that's when Z Zimri went in and killed him, and not only him, but all his household and his friends, relatives, friends. Yeah, and anybody <laughs> else he could get a hold of that had any connection with uh, Basha and his family, you know. So uh, wow, he was uh, pretty thorough, and he did it in a hurry uh, because he didn't last himself all that long. Um, <laughs> So we are now up to the uh, third dynasty. The first dynasty was who? Jeroboam and Nadab. Second dynasty was Basha and Elah. Now the third dynasty will be Zimri, if you can dignify a seven-year reign uh, and call it a dynasty. Seven days, day sorry. Man, I knew what I was trying to say. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, he's kind of a real small blip uh, there, but but he did wipe out uh, Basha and Elah and their families. So in uh, in the dating terms, does he still get to be king for a year? <laughs> I guess, yeah, probably. <laughs> he reigned one year. He was king that but year, by the time right. they got the calendars, you know, hewed out to yeah, this is the first year of the reign of. It was too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of the poor people who like lived out in like the 
faraway places from where all this is happening, and they're like trying to figure out who the king is, and they keep being like, oh yeah, this king. And it's like, no, he's not king. Yeah. Oh, so he died. Somebody There's gets hit king. on the head, and it's, you know, instead of asking who's the president, they ask who the king is, and you know, that's not a fair question in Israel anymore. Yeah, because it changes. You had, uh, I guess, three in the matter of a week there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People are hearing news about Basha, or Ela's death, and Zimri's already dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's the king? Yeah. Well, you got to wonder about Ela. I mean, I'm not sure I'd have taken the job after hearing the prophecy <laughs> from your father. <laughs> Good point. No wonder he's Drake, are they? Yeah. Well, regardless of whether you take the job, he's part of the family, so you're doomed anyway. Right, exactly. So it makes it sound like he didn't do anything because it says he was became king in Terza and then like he's there drinking when he dies and it just sounds like Maybe just, that's, that's about what he did. What he did. Yeah. That was his reign. People who uh, drink a lot, sometimes that's about all they accomplish. King of the pub. Other thoughts? 15 to 20. In the 27th year of Asa, king of Judah, Zimri reigned seven days at Tirzah. Now the people were encamped at Gibbethon, which belonged to the Philistines. The people who were encamped heard it said, Zimri has conspired and has also struck down the king. Therefore all Israel made Omri, the commander of the army, king over Israel that day in the camp. Then Omri and all Israel went up uh, yeah, with, that all Israel with him went up from Gibbethon and besieged Tirzah. When Zimri saw that the city was taken, he went to the citadel of the king's house and burned the king's house over him with fire and died because of the sins which he, because of his sins which he sinned, doing evil in the sight of the Lord, walking in the way of Jeroboam and in his sin which he did, making Israel sin. Now the rest of the acts of Zimri and his conspiracy which he carried out. Are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? So, Zimri's claim to fame, he reigned the shortest. As someone has said, he was the weak king. Then <laughs> <laughs> uh, the people are still fighting against Gibbethon, which still belongs to the Philistines. Go back to 1527, this has been a long uh, campaign there. Uh, because this is uh, like 24 years later, so I don't know what all's happened in the meantime. But uh, it's amazing that in seven days, Zimri managed to uh, ruthlessly and efficiently obliterate Basha's whole household, relatives, and friends. And he also has time to uh, have his kingship evaluated. I mean, he's walking, doing evil, walking the way of Jeroboam. I mean... You know, you can show your true colors in a week. And God knew what kind of king he was already. That was enough. That's all he needed. That's all the, the Lord wanted him to have. And so Zimri uh, dies. Who, who, who becomes king in his place? Omri. Omri. And who was he? Commander of the army. So he would have probably been over Zimri. And so as the army commander, he comes uh, to besiege Terza. And uh, who was responsible for Zimri's death? Zimri. Yes. He burned the palace down over him and commits suicide. I suppose he did not expect such a rapid military response as was provided, you know, after just a week by Omri. 
so Omri's got military support, and you know he just makes short work of, of Zimri. You might remember that means there's not a palace in Terza, and eventually Omri is going to build a new palace in a different city to be his capital city. He's going to change the capital city from Terza. But he doesn't have a lot to lose since there isn't really a palace in Terza after the burning anyway. Comments and questions? Does it ever say who Omri's father is? I don't remember. Probably, but maybe not. You imagine these people at Gibbethon? You know, the first time they came against them. It's like, oh no, big trouble. But then the king dies and apparently they survive. Yeah. And next time, here they come again. Oh well, just see how long this one lasts. And the <laughs> king dies and there they go again. Now we're okay. Interrupted in there. Next time they come down with a siege, is like, uh, there's still some material over there if you want to use it to build your siege and stuff. <laughs> Let us know when your king dies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. We'll right uh, when it says that uh, after somebody dies in the Bible, whenever it says that they slept with their fathers, does that mean that they were saved? No, I don't think it means that. Okay. Uh, it may just mean they died. It may okay. mean that they were buried in the same cemetery with their fathers. Oh, okay. They joined them. You know, yeah. they joined them in the underworld, I don't know, but no, I don't think it means they're saved. It means their father was already dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yes, it would mean that. Um, these summary statements, the ones that always end with, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? I think it's, it's kind of interesting that like for um, Basha, it's the acts of Basha and what he did in his might. For Zimri, it's the acts of Zimri and his conspiracy. Um, you know, Elah, the acts of Elah and all that he did. And it's, they're similar, but there are little differences. Some of them have things that they did and, and might and power, and others have conspiracy, and some of them they just have things they did, kind of, sort of. Yeah, we, we just say go to the web and you know, punch in royalchronicles.com or whatever. <laughs> You've got it. But yeah, there is some difference. I mean, some of those may be significant, seeing the differences in the character or kingship of the person. Other thoughts? Okay, uh, 21 to 28. And the people of Israel were divided into two parts. Half of the people followed Tibni, the son of Ginnath, to make him king. The other half followed Omri. But the people who followed Omri prevailed over the people who followed Tibni, the son of Ginnath. And Tibni died, and Omri became king. In the thirty-first year of Asa, king of Judah, Omri became king over Israel and reigned twelve years. He reigned six years at Tirzah. He bought the hill Samaria from Shamar, for two talents of silver, and he built on the hill and named the city which he built Samaria after the name of Shemar, the owner of the hill. Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord and acted more wickedly than all who were before him. For he walked in all the way of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, and in his sins which he made Israel sin, provoking the Lord God of Israel with their idols. 
Now the rest of the acts of armor which he did and his might which he showed, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? So Omri slept with his fathers and was buried in Samaria, and Ahab his son became king in his place. Well, Omri takes a while to consolidate the kingship because there was a rival king, Tibni, uh, but, a, but after a while, Omri prevails over Tibni, and uh, Tibni dies and Omri becomes king, and he reigns for 12 years, half of it in Terza, and then he buys and moves the capital to Samaria, which shows his importance because Samaria becomes kind of the city that gives its name to the whole country from here on out. Um, from the standpoint of secular history, Omri is considered to be one of the most powerful kings of Israel. He was the only Israelite king named in the Moabite Misha inscription. Uh, it was called the land of Omri or something like that, long after Omri was gone. Uh, so, and that's kind of suggested by what you were saying, Sarah, in verse 27, the rest of the acts of Omri, which he did, and his might, which he showed. Omri does seem to have been a powerful king, established a dynasty that actually lasted a little while, which has been a while. Uh, so that shows you also. Uh, but, you know, we don't get much about his might here, because the scripture is a lot more interesting his character. And how was that? Bad. How bad? More wickedly than all who were before him. No, he's worse than the rest of them. How, you know, long you reign or how powerful you are does not necessarily mean how righteous you are. And in this case, it wasn't a good thing. You know, he was, uh, he just kind of leads the nation, he and his descendants, the wrong path. And not that they were going well before, but it's worse now. Thoughts? Tommy Peeler once preached up a lesson at Fartersville years ago, and the title of the lesson was Israel's Two Best Kings, Omri and Ahab. And his point was, yet, yeah, you know, you know, these I think it was Omri and Ahab. But his point was, yeah, they did all these good things. And in the eyes of man they were fantastic, but in the eyes of God they were nothing. And and we like the powerful mighty successful kings because they do a lot of good they bring prosperity to our nation you know and uh but in god's eyes they're nothing and it's important to realize that you know not all successful kings are righteous you know just because you have success that does not necessarily mean that you're right with god god will sometimes let a wicked person be successful in some that's a good, good thought, good point. And it's interesting, the scriptures don't give a lot of attention to Omri, really. In spite of how strong he was, you know, doesn't really matter. I mean, the Bible knew about its achievements, God knew about them, but just, just, they're, they're not things that last. That's not what was really important about Omri from God's perspective. Other thoughts? All right, well, we can uh, stop here, and I won't be here next week. Me too. And you won't be here next week, so...